You're listening to the Nick Smith Podcast. Real life, no myth. Where we talk about myths and misunderstandings surrounding life, race, faith, and culture. If you'd like to support the Nick Smith Podcast, rate us on iTunes. Or you can give through our Patreon. And don't forget to share this on social media so that all of your friends can know what you're listening to. Hey, we are your hosts, Nick Smith. And Kylie Jo Smith. And today's episode is called To Die For. And we are talking about uh, how we understand Christians and the death penalty. Mm-hmm. And so this one's a little heavier. Uh, there's some trigger warning right off the bat. We're going to yes. be talking about some pretty difficult stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. if any of that triggers you, don't do it. Yeah. And also we are going to give you, as we do, a practical insight on how you can engage in the conversation because it's happening right now. And no doubt you've been seeing it, you've been hearing about yes. it, and you might want to know, how can I talk about this? Um intelligently. Yes. And uh, so hopefully we'll give you tools for that. Uh, We also want to tell you about uh, coming up in the new year, we're going to be starting uh, another series called Stains on the Church. This Mm -hmm. is a secondary series. Yeah. We're still doing our weekly podcast, but if you've uh, liked our X-Myths series, it's going to be in that vein. Yeah. We're just going to kick off with a great feel good message for the new year. (laughs) About Stains Stains on on the the Church. church. Yeah. It's going to be great. (laughs) So uh, tune in for that. Yes. Also, we want to give a huge shout out to our newest Patreon members, our newest inner circle members. Hey, hey y'all. thank you, Tamar, my sister. Love you. Thank you so much for joining. Also, thank Megan, you. Thank my you, other thank sister, you, thank, you, thank, you, thank, you. thank you so much for joining. We love you guys. We We're so thankful. Guys. Actually, you don't know this, but you're in the same area, Tamar it's and Megan. It's crazy. You guys were like totally within weird. an hour. You don't know each other, but it's cool. Um, and if you see, I'm drinking out of our signature limited edition. Now it's discontinued. Yes. Um, <laughs> Nick Smith tumbler this is going to be going out to uh megan not that one not the one not she's this drinking, one I'm out, drinking of. out of obviously that'd be Trust gross us, megan it's a new one be she's totally not. weird to, like recycle it <laughs> you're not doing that <laughs> no we're not doing that i actually have it. it's right here it's right here so See, um different. but if you join the inner circle you can get awesome things like this um next year you'll get a different design of the mug yes new mug join coming. and we have different tiers and so we give different gifts to different tears it's not that we love one or the other more it's no just a way you're for all in the circle thank you you're all there yeah just a little different so, you yeah. invest more you get more that's Amen. just how how it rolls that is how we do it okay awesome. let's jump into this hey let's do let's it do both it. feet in so yes. uh what we're talking about is the death penalty and there's been a lot of question as to where should a christian stand on the death penalty yeah and um we have our own personal uh, opinions which we're going to be sharing with you based on our biblical understanding at the mm-hmm. end mm-hmm. but before we get to that we wanted to um kind of encompass the question yeah and and give a fair reading because the last thing we want to do is to jump on here and be like well if you believe this and you're not really a christian right because i believe there are christians on all points of this aspect or yes. all aspects of this yes. um issue <laughs> and so what we want to do first is we want to um kind of address some of the arguments that support right. the death penalty. And we go all the way back to the Old Testament. To the to OT. The OT, the O-G-O-T. O-G-O-T. And so, yeah, reading through the OT, O-G-O-T, uh, you see over and over again in um, the Mosaic Law uh, that there are consequences for almost every issue yes. that you come across. Yes. And a lot of those are capital being, punishment. Being put to death. Being put to death. Or and to purge the evil. Purge. Yes, because the idea was that God was creating a people mm-hmm. and these people had to be different. And so anything that was like the nations around them, any insidious traits mm-hmm. such as idol worship or um, uh, murder or uh, immorality, these things that God was trying to get rid of out of the people of Israel once he brought them out of Egypt, mm-hmm. um, there were really harsh consequences. But yeah. the the eye for an eye model. That, ah, comes that from the Old Testament. It comes from the yeah. Old Testament. And so the idea of of killing, mm-hmm. um, righteously killing in order to to uh, purge evil mm-hmm. from the group is something that supported Old Testamentally. Yes. yes. And oh, 
Go ahead. Oh, I was say, and actually, we see this. We, we've adopted this in our American judicial system. So it's um, this. We do have a unique system here in the way that we do things, um, and we we do believe that it's it's the state's job to protect its citizens, mm-hmm. and that the death penalty is one way that the state is able to deter specifically heinous crimes. Yes, not all crimes, but it's one yeah. way that we we can kind of eliminate the likelihood that someone's going to go on a rampant killing spree. Yeah. They, often. The, the thought is if death is the um, consequence consequence mm-hmm. and that'll deter you. And, and yes. we see this backed up biblically from a, a passage that we're going to be referencing throughout this, mm-hmm. which is Romans 13. Yeah. Uh, really it's one through seven, but um, specifically talking about verse four here. So in mm. Romans 13, one through seven, Paul is talking to the church in Rome and he's telling them to submit themselves to the authorities that have been put above them because yeah. he says those authorities were put there by God mm-hmm. and because we know that God is sovereign. And so no authority, no president, no king, nothing mm-hmm. uh, rules except that God allowed them to be there. And so what Paul is saying in verse four is uh, he goes on, he says, for he is God's servant, speaking of the, whoever the authority is, mm-hmm. for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid for mm-hmm. he does not bear the sword in vain. Uh, uh, and the sword there speaking of capital the, punishment, capital punishment, yeah. death penalty, uh, for he is the servant of God mm-hmm. an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Right. And That's so good. Paul is speaking yeah. to, uh, the state as this kind of avenger, mm-hmm. um, who, who carries out God's wrath for God apart from the church, but it's just something that God utilizes in order to correct wrong, to push back darkness mm, and to, yeah. to bring about righteousness on the earth. Yeah. And we see even in the early church, um, there were moments of execution um, where we we saw even heresy was viewed as punishable by death. Now, we, while yeah. we didn't see the church necessarily sanctioning or um, carrying out like these deeds, they weren't normally themselves. the ones doing the killing. Yes, but it was like, normally. okay, well, we're going to turn you over to this because it, what you're doing is so wrong, it's so heinous in the eyes of the church. And we saw it also with um, witches. Yeah. Um, where that kind of, that turned eventually into a really unfortunate thing for most mm-hmm. people because it became a way to just um, incriminate people and, and cause them to die um, in a in really gruesome ways. Cause them to cause die. Cause them to die. I gruesome, will cause you to die. In gruesome ways um, <laughs> when they were really innocent. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it yeah. was really like, uh, I'm sure it's never happened before or since then, but it was like uh, people were using their own crooked, devices to wow. twist the system Interesting. in order for their, to, for their own good. Yeah. To attack yeah. people that don't look like them or, or wow. think differently. It's weird. That's really weird. I don't, I don't know where that and came from. Honestly, like <laughs> even looking at the death penalty, one of the reasons that people do support it is that mm-hmm. there's a belief, especially among believers that, um, murderers or people who have committed these heinous crimes will turn in repentance when faced with the reality of imminent death, which is difficult for me to grasp, yeah. but I understand the thought process yeah. because um, if you believe that uh, all that's needed for salvation is baptism and and saying a prayer, right? Mm. Then there's been a lot of people who have done those things yep. in their last moments. Whether mm-hmm. or not they've had a heart change, we don't know. But we do know that they have made those statements of faith okay. and that they have received, you know, the sprinkling of water, whatever they do. Yeah. Because we know that um, the state offers a religious person, whether it's yes. a priest or an imam or whatever your faith group is, mm-hmm. um, they offer that person to give you your last rights. Yeah. And so part of it is, would these people, uh, these murderers, these, these violent criminals have repented had they not had to deal with their, um, consequences immediately, mm, which I would also ask, would these people have even been put in a position to commit these crimes had certain things in their lives been altered? Had the, on, ju- had the justice system been sip, out for their good. Sip my coffee on that one. Oh. Because, I mean, we could play this game all day long if we really <sighs> want to get like, well, 
maybe they wouldn't have ever repented. Well, maybe they wouldn't have had the need to repent of this specific thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, if we hadn't set them up for failure. Yes. And well, and so that is part of the argument though. Mm-hmm. So in, before we get to the anti or any of that, gotcha, that part of the you. argument is I got you. that it, it puts their consequences in such an immediate place mm-hmm. that they have to make a decision, life or death. Um, wow. And then repent. A, yeah, mm. turn or burn, really. And some people also believe that the image of God, the imago dei, uh, is so um, special that anyone that that harms that, anyone that damages the imago dei by taking a life, um, that that person should not be allowed to operate within society anymore. They mm. should be taken out of society because, um, to put it some some kind of way, uh, life is so precious that if you take that life, you are no longer worthy to have your life. I don't, I, I really didn't grasp and we've that found, one. We, we have someone who we've deemed worthy enough to take yours. Yes, but he gets to keep his or she gets it's to their keep job. their life because it's, it's different. Ooh, this is so messy. Well, it gets it's so messy. It is. And you know, just touching back on that old Testament part, like the, a lot of the old Testament stuff is rooted in like the 10 commandments. A lot of the courtrooms mm-hmm. have 10 commandments on the, the, mm-hmm. the steps. Right. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the idea of the Avenger of blood. Oh, yes. Which Paul talks about how the, the person is uh, the avenger who carries yeah. out God's wrath. Uh-huh. But if you think about it, even the avenger of blood had to catch the person they wanted to kill. So if you don't know about the avenger of blood, look it up. It's and really if you, cool. If you're a filmmaker and you want to make a movie. It would be an amazing movie. First off, holla at your boy because I'm going to take 10% of that. Because I'm going to need true some. true avenger. I mean, because it's a crazy story. Go back yeah. and read about the avenger of blood. They had to yes. hunt people down. And I got a whole storyline. Just hit me up. Anyway. Yes. Um, yes. So the another argument that Christians have is um, kind of this like the Bible allows for okay. uh, capital punishment. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily explicitly say you should do it. Yeah, it's not yeah. pro or anti, but okay. it, it allows for it. And so, um, again, going back to Romans thirteen, it's this thought that um, the state has the authority to kill people, yet the state does not have the obligation, right? So, okay. so the state can do or not do as the state wishes. And as a believer, it's your your position to just always do right uh-huh. and to pursue people spiritually. Okay, like, do that. Okay. Um, and then hmm. in the first century, accept whatever punishment comes your way. Cause even in the first century, they were persecuted for being Christian. Yes. And so part it of was it was legal for yeah, them to, to be, be put to death. Yeah. And so, wow. um, that this thought is like the church should not sanction or, um, or oppose the death penalty. Really? Mm. Uh, it's not really the church's place to determine the laws of the state. Okay. That's kind of this mindset. It's so that's this almost separation. A, as I say, it's almost a separatist mindset though, yeah. of like, well, we don't mess with that legal stuff. And I get it. Separation of church and state is good. Yes. We do need it. Yes. But there's we don't a, have a theocracy. There's a little bit of it. I'm like, okay, but wait a second. We can't wash our hands of it. We can't, we can, can't completely say, well, I don't know anything about that. Cause I, it's not in the church. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's happening to people. So yeah, people who are, Made in the image of, of God. Church. Like, yeah, yeah, people who are part of the church are involved in this and who, who, especially if you deal with like those stories of inmates who do repent and come mm-hmm. to know Jesus. Well, now they're in the body of Christ. So now how do we, how do we reckon this? How do we navigate that? And yeah. actually John Calvin, a uh, famous reformer, if you don't know John Calvin, look it up. Mm-hmm. Calvin? Calvin. John Calvin. Say his name right. Sometimes <laughs> That was punishable. Somebody would get mad at you <laughs> for saying his name uh, wrong. But if you're from the South, you can say Calvin. You just don't end it. Just Calvin. Uh, anyway, Calvin actually had this mindset of saying like Christian forgiveness, because we're called to forgive, okay. uh, does not truncate um, judicial justice. Like it doesn't overturn established laws. Just because uh, you forgave somebody doesn't mean that 
we should be fighting for changing the laws. But, but hold on, Mr. Calvin. This is what I would hey, say if on. he was here. I was like, don't, don't put me, me in that Mr. group. Mr. Calvin. Uh, Monsieur Calvin. <laughs> Mr. French man. I would ask then what about all of the movements that have been started by Christians to change laws that were unjust? Well, I mean, because you have uh, Wilberforce, who's almost single-handedly. Yes. Oh, my goodness, uh, yes. Tore down slavery, right? Um, with Wilberforce. With, with much Wilberforce, <laughs> much chutzpah. Yes. Um, but yeah, if there wasn't, if there weren't Christians standing up for, un, sorry, standing against unjust laws. Yes. There are Christians standing up for unjust things. Which is weird, first off. Is, but if it weren't for Christians standing against unjust yes, laws, yes. then we would still have like children working 20 hour days and like yeah. women wouldn't be able to vote and yeah. Our existence would be illegal because we're both biracial. So sure. I just want to pause for a second. Can you do me a huge favor, producer? What you need? Just make sure that the video is still working. Oh, yeah. I'll check. This is just real life moment. Y'all, we've had some issues. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. I just had I just had a moment. I was like, I need to check. We just got to check. It was in my spirit. I was like, we got to check. I had to put my thumb up in the thing. So. <laughs> uh, yes, it is still going. Okay, So good, we're good, good to go. Um, but yeah, so yeah. Calvin, that that's the, uh, the second argument is... Mm-hmm. Um, basically we shouldn't just don't get it. Just don't get involved. Yeah. Not shouldn't care, but more or less like, you know, handle people spiritually, keep it on that level. And yes, of course the spiritual things are of greater import, but Mr. Calvin, I would say, I don't know about that. I don't know how I feel about that. Okay. So let's move into people who are against or the argument against the death penalty, like looking at biblically. And we have some really big key players here. Wait, hold on. I just want to say every what? point that we've made thus far has been biblical as in rooted the argument in the in, Bible. Yes. But so go ahead. What's, That's the, a good what's point. the against? That's going to come up later. That's foreshadowing. So <laughs> just a little foreshadowing. Just a little foreshadowing. So we have some key players here. Murderers who were forgiven. No, I mean, actually I mean, they were killing like killing people, people. Um, but they were forgiven and actually not put to death. The most, uh, probably the most notable one we, we know in the old Testament, Cain, Yep, straight First up. murderer in human history, right? Mm-hmm. Moses killed a guy, then actually like totally looked down on other people for like having an argument. But not only that, he killed him and then he hit him in they the desert. They hit him. Like, and they Moses, knew he did this. Moses, like, I could see Moses walking back into town, like wiping the dust Ooh, off his glad hand. Glad nobody saw me. And they're like, <sighs> uh, actually, we all saw you. Well, but now um, you killed him, bro. David. Mm-hmm. Had put a hit out on a guy. It's conspiracy. Right. He didn't do it with his own hands. It was conspiracy. But he might as well. Have a it's like putting a hit on somebody. You're still and adultery. Dave was like the mob boss. He's like, yeah. listen, <laughs> I want him. Dead. I don't know. I don't see him as that. T- anyway, um, <laughs> and then Paul or Saul, who murdered Christians yeah. and was good at it, and yeah, so putting them, putting them to death. Yes, and all of these, all these people. Now we know that they just because they were forgiven does not mean that they were not experiencing the consequences of their actions or unable or able to completely separate from what they had done in the natural. Yeah. Uh, Cain literally bore a mark. Yes, because of his crime. Straight up, Moses dealt with that mm-hmm. like relationally he dealt with that yeah. david come on he lost a kid yeah absolutely all sorts of family turmoil oh, happened rough yeah a lot um, happened. and paul god said i will make him suffer greatly for my name man and paul went through it bro like paul he did suffer greatly he was beaten he was stoned he, he was, had no like he didn't really have a people after that because yeah. christians were like wait a second you were just killing us and then jews were like hold on a second you were just killing them yeah. And so they, he got abandoned. He got left. I mean, yes. he ended up doing some awesome things, but yeah, he suffered. So through all of that, we can look at that and say, okay, wait a minute, but these people were not put to death yeah, um, by God or 
in the even in the the legal system they were not put to death they could have been well paul, paul was well yes paul yes he was he actually <laughs> Whole was. different reason though. he actually was market anyway um but these people at a certain point it's like okay well but what does that say then about retribution and what role human beings play and well it it calls us to walk the life that christ walked because Jesus reached out to each and every one of these individuals and just like he does with each and every one of us. And he reaches out with compassion, mm-hmm. with forgiveness and with grace. Yeah. And, and Christ in those interactions, he doesn't ever force himself mm. and he doesn't ever cause us to force anything. Like we can't force righteousness on people. We Wait, can't you le- can't legislate righteousness? You cannot legislate righteousness. That doesn't Weird. mean you don't try to push back the darkness, right? Right. But you can't... You can't make people be good. You can't. You can't do it. And so what we're called to do is to operate in forgiveness. And if God had taken Paul at his conversion, right, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have half of the New Testament. Come on. Like if God would have taken David at his at his uh, Psalm 51 moment where would we be we would not have the rest of that that lineage lineage yeah, yeah we wouldn't have had solomon we would, mm-hmm. so like the understanding is that god is a god of redemption yeah god is a god of forgiveness yeah and um hebrews actually tells us uh speaking about the forgiveness and the redemption mm-hmm. right Hebrews says how much more then will the blood of christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to god mm. cleanse us sorry cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Wow. So what um, the writer of Hebrews is saying is that Christ's sacrifice is enough, that it's not mm. just enough spiritually, but but Christ transforms us. He He comes into our lives and he changes us from the dirty, rotten sinners and broken people that we were. Mm. And he, he cleanses us and actually puts us to work for the kingdom. Yeah, it's so that we may yeah. serve the we, we right. tend to think, okay, well, now we're free. We're, I'm forgiven. It doesn't stop there. You're, you're freed from something, but you're also freed for something. That's right. That's so that's, good. That's really good. And, and love, I mean, we know this, that love is a commandment mm-hmm. that's given to us. Um, and Jesus like, you know, all the law and prophets hang on this, right? Yeah. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, and. love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And so th- this question, this issue with Christians and the death penalty, it really, like, it's hard because we know what God um, calls us to do and how he calls us to interact with other people. And that should frame the way that we view these issues that impact people. Yeah. It, it really should completely transform how we view something like the death penalty. Well, and, and oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm going to say it doesn't mean that everyone has to approach it. Excuse me. Everyone has to come to the same conclusion, but we should all approach it from the same place. Amen. Yeah. And so if you take that mindset of like the, the interpersonal interaction mm-hmm. should be transformed by the gospel. Yes. You still have the argument of yes, but the state is different because it's a group. And so mm-hmm. here are some of the Christian mm-hmm. arguments about, sorry, against the death penalty that have nothing to do with, um, really with the faith, just mm-hmm. with the facts. Yeah. And one of the facts uh, that's present is there is a large amount of people who have been executed who were in fact innocent. Yes. We actually don't know the full number of people who No, were, it has to be extrapolated based on the people that we do know who have been. Which we've only been recording mm-hmm. for what? 40 years, 50 years. We've only yeah, really been recording. 70, what was it? 73 or yeah. something like that. We haven't even been keeping track of That's this. crazy. And so this, this to me goes back to the, the inhumanity issue of like, if we haven't even been keeping track of how many people we've been killing. So 1776, right? Uh-huh. That's when we became a country. Right. There is no real record of how many individuals for 200 years. And we're not even talking about, um, 
Native Americans. We're not talking no. about oh my goodness. Uh, black people who were slaves. We're talking about just through the legal system. Mm-hmm. How many people or who may have been lynched and then later called to justify killing? Right, right. Um, there's no number for how many of those people were murdered, let alone how many of those people were murdered that were innocent. Yeah. And so the, the number we do have, though, um, if you look up the statistic, uh, there's been... 1,529 people executed by the state, uh, the government, since 1973, mm-hmm. right? And um, there have been 170 people mm-hmm. who were uh, sentenced, mm-hmm. placed on death row, mm-hmm. but that were exonerated. So they, they uh, did not get put to death. So they, but they would have. Yeah, because had, they were on death row. They were on death row, on their way to being killed at some point. Yes. 170. So if we add that into the number of people who we know have been executed. Yeah. It's like, it's about 1700. Yeah. So then ish. it's about 10%. Just about. Yeah. And that's like, we think about it. We still don't actually know how many people who died who were innocent, but we do know 10% of the people since 1973 who were convicted and sentenced were actually innocent. Like as of this point, there are still others that are fighting for their innocence now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it, yeah. it's just crazy. So if you think about that, if you think about an argument against um, how many innocent people mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. worth killing, come on, in order to deter, come on, those who are guilty. See how many and and what faith does that put in the system? Like, how can I have faith in a system if you're willing to kill ten percent mm-hmm. of innocent people? Mm. And so that just, yeah, that's just and we, a thought. And the crazy thing is like, we, we, we recognize that's wrong for an innocent person to die, mm-hmm. which is why we have the death penalty, which is <laughs> like, sorry, it's just, it's weird. But, um, another thing that you might hear that people say often, it's, it's a myth. I just want to bust that one right now. It's a myth that, um, keeping a prisoner on death row for life is very expensive. And so executing them is actually saving the government money. That is false. False. Is actually Incorrect. more expensive to murder someone. To kill somebody. To kill someone than to keep them alive on death row. And just so you know, death row is not vacation. No. It's still prison. They actually face, there, there are many people who don't make it to execution because they are yeah. killed in prison because there, there's a lot of violence in prison. There's yes. still gangs. There's still things that happen. There are people. Yeah. And things happen. And so you, you just have to know, we have to understand that like, oh, like it's not that they're in there living it. Part of that is um, thanks to the 13th Amendment, mm. and I'm saying that sarcastically, but um, pr- prisoners can be um, basically used as as slaves. Like yes. you, the state yeah. makes money off prisoners yeah. like for their labor. And so um, keeping a prisoner in custody mm-hmm. for life, the state actually saves money. Yeah. And, 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 and make some money and could oh. even make yeah. some money. And so, yeah, it's not cheaper to, no. to kill them. No, it's uh, also, um, with the, uh, the drugs that they use for the um, lethal injection, for the lethal injection. Um, there's been a lot of controversy over it because we've done a lot of research. We're trying, you know, we tried to make it a humane process because we started out with things like hanging, hanging and, and stabbing and things like that. Um, I don't think they ever stabbed people. One thing of like back in the day with like swords, like, <laughs> they, used to, that's, they just chop people's heads off. Anyway, um, we've, we've tried to kind of make this a more humane process. However, there have been a lot of reports about these drugs that showed they're not really humane. This is not yeah. a, they go to sleep and everything's peaceful for them. Some of them, um, there were, there've been times where it didn't work. Didn't work and properly. They, they, they suffered. Yeah. Um, they feel like they're drowning and like, yeah. this isn't really good for people. And, and then all the while you have victims, families watching it. 
Yes. Which can be traumatizing. Like you can cause further damage, even though it's like, oh, okay, I, I want to see this person, you know, serving their time. And then this is justice. That's, that's not something anyone's prepared to watch is to see someone, um, take their last breath in la- agony. Yeah, well, and then yeah. also, so one of the arguments for the death penalty is that, um, by, by executing someone, it takes them out of the population from uh, committing damage to society. But the truth is, with our current ability mm. to maintain someone's um, incarceration, yeah, uh, that's really not necessary. That's taken care of when they're put in prison for life. Yeah, they're they're taken out of uh, the public sphere. Yeah, and so so it's really just like it is adding more. It's, yeah. it's adding, it's heaping something onto them. Heap. Um, and a question we really don't use heap a lot. It's heaping it onto them. Um, something that we also think is is worth asking. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you can answer this question like for yourself. And we like one thing with this topic in particular that really uh, sinks with us, sinks deep, is that we have a relative who was murdered. Yes. So and, for those of you who don't know, yeah. my brother, uh, my brother Darren was murdered in 2018. Yes. And um, no leads. No one's ever been caught. Murdered in the middle of an apartment complex. On Good Friday. But somehow then nobody see nothing. Yes. So we understand um, on a very real level, mm-hmm. wanting to see justice. Yes. And w- we understand like the pain of losing someone and understanding it was, it was completely wrong. Mm-hmm. It's completely wrong. It was, it was malicious. It was planned. It was something that like people sought to do harm yeah. to someone we love. Um, and a question that comes up is like, well, does killing a guilty person actually help the victim's family? Well, and what's interesting is there was a study done um, I don't remember what school did it, but um, it was done at a university. And what they did was they they had two different groups, right? Group A had to complete a task and they they placed a sabotage in the middle, a person who sabotaged the group in the mm. middle of it. And um, after the task failed, they gave everyone in group A the opportunity to take out their, take out revenge on person saboteur, right? Ooh, and saboteur. so, yeah, I try to use the word. And so, uh, so they can choose to like have them flunk the class or, or mm. something that was like really taking like an extreme, um, action against this person. Yeah. So then, um, uh, group B same situation, but they weren't given the option. They just had to blow past it and move mm-hmm. on. Okay. So then they came back and they interviewed group A and group B, uh, after several weeks and then after several months and those in group A still carried residue and resentment. Um, and they actually carried negative feelings about choosing revenge. Wow. Those people in group B who didn't get a chance to choose revenge, um, had all but forgotten about it. Like they've just moved on. And so there's, um, Hmm. there's clinical proof that revenge is actually bad for us as human beings. And this wasn't a Christian study. No, this was just just human beings that, it's like somehow God has wired into us that revenge is not something we're meant to see. It's weird. It's like he knows that he should be the one that takes revenge. It's like he right? almost. It's like I wonder if he said it at some point like in a and Bible? put it in a book that <laughs> seek right. not your own. What is it like? Vengeance is mine. Thus, thus saith, saith the Lord. The if you're Lord. reading the King James, which I really don't think you should be, but anyway, it's okay. Keep going. Keep um, going. So, so answering this question, um, I want to give you a scenario as you're thinking about. It. Do, does does um, sanctioned killing by the state actually help the victim's families. Let's imagine that a death row inmate, um, finds Jesus, right? Repents. Happens a lot. Um, let's say that they're, I mean, they're just completely transformed. They write a book Mm -hmm. about their transformation and they get free from, from this bondage. They get freed and they're, they experience joy. 
they experience, yes, yeah, spiritually free, experience joy and fulfillment and they make it to their execution day. Mm-hmm. Is the, is the victim's family satisfied? Are you satisfied as, as the family member of someone that this person killed? Mm-hmm. And I would say if your answer is yes, like, okay, yes, they, they found the Lord. Like what, what more could I ask? They've, they've turned their life around. Jesus got a hold of them. Yeah. Okay. Good for you. Like, wow. God's really been working on your heart. If your answer is no, I'm not satisfied with that outcome. Then I would ask you, were you wanting wrath or mm. justice? Well, and you know what, that, that, that gives me a really like interesting thought mm-hmm. is that, so if your thought is no, like I want them to die in their sin or even the other way. Yeah. Find Jesus and then take them out. Right. <laughs> um, what, like, how would your opinion change if God granted that right to the person in your life who you've done the worst oh, to? Oh my. So like what I mean by that. So the per think about the person that you've been just the worst to, I mean, the absolute worst, you're the worst done, the dirtiest, the person that you've offended, that you've backstabbed, double cross. You guys got past. Don't look at me like that. You know what I'm talking about? Um, so in your back in the day, day, that person that you did wrong, God said, Hey, listen, I'm going to go ahead and take, you know, Nick out. Um, I'm going to forgive him, but whenever you say I should take him out, I'm going to take him out. Wow. Um, what like, you say I should take. Yeah. It out. Whenever you say, because that's what we're doing when we, when we execute someone, we're saying, yeah. okay, um, they can live up to a certain point, And then after that, God has no more use for them. Wow. God can't use them anymore. And I want to say if, if God gave, um, somebody in my life who I've done wrong or who perceives I've done them wrong, cause mm. let me, you know, actually I'm perfect. I've never done anything wrong in my life. Uh, <laughs> that is these are, and with that, I just lied. Um, but it, if God would have taken me out at that point, um, I wouldn't have children. Yeah. I wouldn't have the ministry. I wouldn't have been able to be used by the Lord wow. to, to bless people and to be blessed and to be transformed and, mm-hmm. and just all the things that have happened since then, yeah. since that part of my life when I wasn't walking with the Lord, when mm-hmm. I was doing the worst, yeah. um, it just makes me think like if God would have given them that choice, mm-hmm. how would I feel? Be like, Oh yeah, no, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Well, and I think it's easy to like, you're using the analogy of like the worst thing that you did to someone. And oftentimes we think the worst thing that someone can do in, in society against our laws is, is to take someone else's life. Like that's yeah. the pinnacle of yeah, everybody crime. goes to that. Like, well, goes I have to a murder, murder. Buddy. But I'm, I'm thinking of what Jesus said about even hating someone in your heart being murder. Come on now. Don't, and I'm, so, I'm, don't and do I that he- to I me. Hear I was you, feeling Pastor. good about myself. I hear you, Pastor. I hear that like, okay, think about the worst thing you've done to someone. Man, I ain't got to think that far. <laughs> All I got to think about is the last person I had hate in my heart towards. Come on, yes. And I'm guilty enough. Yes. We're all guilty enough. enough. That's right. And in that compassion thing where we're like, you know, kind of like called to that as Christians, mm-hmm. if I know in my heart that I'm guilty of mm-hmm. murder and I stand guilty and I, uh, God yeah. would be justified in taking me out. Mm-hmm. How can I like, but I know the compassion he's shown to me and the, the grace and the mercy that he's poured out through yeah. Jesus. How can I then in good conscience, mm-hmm. like be okay with this happening to other people? Like yeah. how, I, I just, it's hard for me. Like me personally, yeah. I'm like, gosh, I know what God has done. The price he's paid for me. Yeah. And I know it's enough. Yeah. even for anything. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to say even it. for murders. No, it's, it's enough for anything. And I, I want to just, before we get to our practical conversation, mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to, to touch on 
this idea of uh, going back to the system yeah, that, that yeah. that's in place that implements the execution. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times you can tell, like going back to what Calvin said about not changing the laws, you can tell how someone feels um, or will feel about the law based on their experience with the law. True, so like true. if the law and looking back in my rearview mirror, if the law has been good to me, then I'm not going to see an issue mm-hmm. that I need to change. Okay. Whereas if I've felt unjust uh, treatment or persecution yep. from the law, then I'm going to see like, yeah, I need some things to change. Yeah. Um, and so just me personally looking back through the rear view of my life, um, I don't know if I trust a system that, ha- that I've seen all the crookedness that's happened in my life and my family, my personal mm. history. Um, I don't know if I trust that system to choose whether or not someone should die. Yeah. Agreed. Like, I, Agreed. I just don't, I don't feel that that same system that uh, can't handle uh, human trafficking, mm. that same system that can't handle like any of the, the, the myriad yeah. of corruption that's going on, mm-hmm. yet we have entrusted them with the right to kill someone. Yeah, we've entrusted people's lives into their hands. Yeah, and it's not even, it's not bad enough that people go to prison for 20, 30 years innocent, but now we're saying, Hey, might as well just kill him. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it's hard for me to put my trust in a system that's because if we could trust ultimately, like we know beyond a shadow of a doubt mm-hmm. that this person did this crazy thing. They're not repentant. They're going to kill again. Like this is like an extreme situation. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I might be able to see that, but looking at the way things stand now, I personally don't think I can just jump behind killing people. Yeah. Given the state, the right to kill people. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you on that. Like, yeah. Um, and, and even I think for me, like the rear view mirror thing is, is excellent. It's an excellent like analogy and way to look at it. Mm-hmm. I also think not just the personal rear view mirror, but historically, yeah. Are we going to trust this system that has overlooked certain things and instituted certain things that for a time it was illegal for, like you said, for us to exist yeah. because of biracial marriage being illegal yeah. and people being, um, justified in lynching individuals for participating in a marriage ceremony Straight up. between two people of different races. So yeah, I don't know that I can trust that system that would have deemed my existence illegal. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's crazy. And, um, there's actually, if you haven't seen the movie or read the book, just mercy, mm. um, it's about this exact issue. And uh, the um, attorney who represented someone who was not guilty Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. was trying to get them, get them freed. His name is Brian Stevenson. And he's quoted in his book, Just Mercy. He says, the death penalty is not about whether people deserve to die for the crimes they commit. Mm. The real question of capital punishment in this country is, do we deserve to kill? There it is. And so before we, uh, that's kind of the closing question before we get to our practicality Mm -hmm. of, um, yeah, it's the issue for the Christian should not just be, did they do something deserving of death? It's, do we deserve to kill them? Yeah, that's good. And I think going going into the practicality, <clears throat> the first thing that we need to understand and we need to do is to is know that the system is broken. Yes. I think we have to start there. Um, yes. it's, it's a broken system. And ultimately, true justice only comes from God. And I'm not just saying true justice someday, mm-hmm. like in the eternal sense. I'm talking about even justice now, like that only comes from the Lord. Our understanding of right and wrong only comes from God. Um, And so we have to start there. I think that's practically the best thing with this discussion is like, all right, the system is messed up. 
but but God. But God. And <laughs> I think um, it's so important to understand and to identify the brokenness of the system because if you think the system's perfect, then you will not want to change it and make yep. it better. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's yeah. good. Um, also, uh, moving on to, I guess, our first real thing that you can do, uh, get educated. Mm. That that means if we've said anything in this podcast and you're like, I didn't know that or how I think they're wrong. Okay, well, look it up. Google it. It's worth a Google or two or a couple Googles. Yeah, it's not Googles. anyone else's job to make you aware of the things that you lack understanding about. It is very true. It is your prerog- it's your prerogative. It's your your right to have that information. Yeah, the and it's your is responsibility. On you. That's right. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's number. That's that yeah. one. So then also um, practical tip. For you is to forgive mm. live forgived live forgived <laughs> forgive freely ask for forgiveness from those you've wronged and yes. the reason is because i mean ultimately god calls us to forgive others mm-hmm. and to seek forgiveness and and repent and those are those are good things to do but i want you to just take that little little understanding of like okay i forgive you and you forgive me that's one, re- one <laughs> that's one relationship here that's impacted with that but if I'm someone who holds grudges mm-hmm. and does not repent and I do that here, I'm going to start doing it in other areas and I'm going to elevate certain things where they shouldn't be. And I'm going to start um, treating people a certain way. It does affect all the relationships that I have. And then yes. I will find myself being someone who would, who would advocate for, who would call for the death of someone. Because justifying someone else's murder. Justifying it because in here I haven't done that work of mm. forgiving and being. So I wow. think although this is a bigger issue and yes, it's out there and we need to, we do need to advocate and, and speak up and whatever we can do in the judicial system um, within our power, yeah. we have to start here, like forgive and and be forgiven and really be intentional about that. And our, our final uh, practicality tip, again, this is uh, something you're going to need to understand when you're engaging the discussion mm-hmm. of the death penalty. And we're actually going to go into depth with this, with our inner circle yes. in their own episode. Cause if you're in the inner circle, you get an extra episode every week. That's right. And so in, in our inner circle episode, um, we're going to talk about how, you have to know that there's a difference between defending something biblically based on the Bible versus defending something based on the through line of grace in Jesus Christ and mm. his ultimate redemption. Because yeah. Uh, yeah. you can you can defend anything, quote unquote, biblically. You can right? cherry pick just about any verse. Yes. And make it sound the way you want it to. Which is why I said at the beginning of, of the podcast that every argument that we stated today mm-hmm. is was, biblical. Is biblical. But the question is, which argument is the most true to what Christ has called yeah. us to? Which one is actually the heart mm. of Christ? Which one actually advocates for relational connection yeah. and mercy and, and grace? And showing the, the life of Christ. Yeah. So if you, if you want to be in on that discussion with us, we would love to have you in on it. Yeah, you, can, we would. you can join the inner circle. It's only $2 a month. That's it. That's our, that's our, no, I want to say lowest tier. That's, that's our the entry introductory tier. tier. How that's about right. that? Entry tier. Gets you in the circle. And right now, if you want to join for the whole year, if you want to, Hey, I want to join for 2021. I don't want to deal with a monthly thing. I just want to pay all up front. Okay. So normally it'd be $24, $2 for every month. Come on. You got that simple math. What's but up? there's a discount. If you join for the whole year, you want to pay up front is $20. And that's not even going to use all your Christmas money. Exactly. You, you got that Christmas money bonus? after that. Grandma sent you that Christmas money. You're like, you know, I should use at least, at least $20. a third of this. <laughs> For my next mid podcast. But if membership. you want to move up the tier, you can also do that. You yeah, can you get can, you one of the You can be like me. Nice little little mug there. Um, and actually, if God blesses you and you want to bless this ministry, 
uh, you can support the ministry with a greater amount or with a one-time yeah. gift, or you can join at any level of Inner Circle yes. by visiting uh, www.patreon.com slash Nick Smith Podcast. Yes. So connect with us there and um, yeah, support the ministry. Yeah, thank you so much for sticking Seriously. through. I know this has been a longer episode and than heavy. our last one and it's been very heavy. It's a lot to process, but we appreciate your feedback. And if there's anything you want to contribute or a question you have, mm-hmm. go ahead and comment down below yes. or send us a message. We would love to engage with you and continue the conversation. We will interact. Yes, we will. We have fun with that. Um, So this has been the Nick Smith Podcast. We hope you've gotten a dose of real life. No myth. Be Be blessed. blessed. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Nick Smith Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us and we hope that you'll consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. And if you haven't already, follow us on social media. If you want to be a part of our family's mission to entertain, educate, and empower others, please consider becoming one of our Patreon supporters. Exclusive Nick Smith merchandise is available to you through our online store at www.nicksmithpodcast.com.